there we go and it's thursday isn't it it's been a crazy day are the evs spying on us probably another shopping day over did you forget to buy it so did i how was my hindi class an idea interview teachers for a vlog spray compression wtf was i ever talking about because i forgot and ibn batuta's words about traveling what do you think folks it is Thursday, August 10th, 2023. I'm Stephen Sersky. I hope you are uh, doing well, traveling, walking, doing, working, wherever you are in the world, Canada, Britain, England, Australia, China, India, and everywhere in between. It's a big, wide world, and sadly, how often do we get to travel? And how much How much do we actually get to move away from our own places? And even as expats, I mean... We, we live far away. We move far away. And then what happens? We stay in one spot. Okay, maybe. Yes, I speak from my own experience here. Like, I remember when I was uh, backpacking quite a bit. I was like, why don't I ever meet like expat, like local expats sort of thing. People who moved away from their hometowns and uh, like are, are out and about sort of thing. And the reason why is because they, they, they stay at home. Lazy fuckers. I mean, they just... It's cheaper, it's easier, it's quicker. I mean, it's just overall more convenient just to stay at home rather than to go out to a bar. Like, I, now, <laughs> I'm not sure how many tourists there are in China at the moment, especially Beijing. Uh, but uh, the basically, um, like, I don't go out very much. And as a result, I've been here for 10 years. I'm like one of those, I, I, honestly, I, I would be one of those rare birds, birds you see at the bar that uh, somehow yik-yaks a little bit of Chinese to the waiter or waitress or whatever. And someone would be like, well, like, uh, so how long have you been here? I'd be like, yeah, 10 years. And they're like, wow, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the life that they'd be living as a tourist, a backpacker, you know, um, fresh off the boat person, compared to someone like me, I'm like, oh, you know, I just came to Jing A to get a pint and a feed and I want to go home. That's it. Like, that. that is what I want to do today. Not that's what I was doing. Matter of fact, I haven't been to Jing A since I got back uh, at all uh, for the last little while. So, but uh, the point being is that, you know, as an expat, it's we, we live this sort of exotic life of living in an exotic location, a non-home location, and then it becomes like home, and all we do is sit at home. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I know that there are some expats. Uh, we I guess we go through bursts, right? Where like we go like, oh, I should go out and see the the, the city a little bit more, or oh, I should. Uh, go see the country a little bit more. And so we do, we make that effort, but it's, it's not really a sustained effort uh, simply because it you know, costs money. We, we're renting a place already. It's not like we, you know, we're renting a cheap, uh, like a place for cheap, like a hostel or even a hotel. Uh, I guess we are kind of renting hotels. That would sort of all very similar, I guess, to tell you the truth. But, uh, you know, all of our stuff is here, you know, and everything is set up the way we like it. Our, cl our clothes washer is here. Our, our favorite dishes are here that we don't have to clean. We don't have to worry about. Our passports are relatively safe. Um, so things like this where, as an expat, you, you don't really think about just how... Can I say lazy? It's not... Because it's not lazy. It's just life, right? But if you had someone come visit you from overseas, from Canada, from the United States, from, from England... They, like, they'd almost expect to be entertained. You'd have to go take them out. Meanwhile, like, you know, it's it's Thursday night. This is Thursday night is my um, sweet and sour pork night <laughs> takeaway. So, like, that, that's what night you came in on. <laughs> so, 
if you want to have that sit here and uh, you know check Instagram, that's that's the plan du jour sort of thing, plan of the evening. And I work until 7 p.m., so I'm not free until after that. Uh, oh, and I got to get my workout, and I've signed up for an italki class or anything, so I'll be free at 8:30. It's like that is your your expat sort of living life overseas, but you know, when you're a traveler, it's you, you don't have that same sort of uh, schedule, I guess you would say. So, hey, if you want to come and visit me, come on. Uh, um, I don't really have much room for hosting, to tell you the truth. I live in a studio apartment. It's pretty crowded as is, and I'm not going to lie. When my girlfriend stays over more than a couple of days, I get kind of uh, like, okay, so when are you leaving sort of thing? <laughs> I mean, terrible to say, but that's basically how it kind of goes. Um, all that being said, uh, it's... Uh, so this... this uh, uh, news article came across the uh, the newswire today. Are the EVs spying on us? And you know, with this whole blither blather about Facebook, uh, Cambridge Analytica, you know, um, big uh, big brother, authorita, police state, blah blah blahs. How are they spying on us? Your phone is spying on you. This is spying on you. You're going. At what point do you just stop caring? Like, and I know that the boomers are going to be like, well, you know, it's not right. And, it's, you know, the, the anti-govies, GVs, the anti-governments uh, people, uh, they're going to be like, well, you know, it's not right. And I go, well, you know, I wonder what people said about paper money and then plastic money. Did they say that that was not right as well? But what about digital money? Was that not right at all? But did it make life sort of easier for everybody? And let's, let's be honest about this. Governments are not first movers. They are like last pulling teeth movers because the average age of the politicians so far as we can see is like 60 something maybe 50 something it's not like they're speeding ahead in their careers or anything like that or or policy decisions i mean what the young people are doing is it's just far beyond what the government can even think of basically because the government's made up of a bunch of old people who you know, like, well, that's actually kind of a good idea. Maybe we should do that finally. You know, make that sort of a standard procedure in this in this area, that uh, in this uh, jurisdiction sort of thing. I, I, that's sort of like my impression of how uh, a lot of uh, governments work and stuff like that. Of course, I mean, people are going to have differences with that. It doesn't really bother me. But are the EVs spying? Uh, you know, Teslas, uh, BYDs, uh, NEOs, you know, that other one, all the other popular... EVs, but this whole race, like this whole climate change, like when you, when you think of like, okay, so if the EVs are spying us on us, and if there's such thing as a smart car, does that mean then the whole climate change is a propaganda mechanism to push people towards electronic vehicles that are all known to be spying on us? So which is worse, uh, potential climate change via dinosaur fuel or... You know, Big Brother police state watching through our EVs. That's a very good question. <laughs> Another shopping day is over. Ba ba. So ba ru ba yue ba yue ba ru. So August eighth is the lucky day uh, in Chinese numerology. So eight eight is a typical eight is a uh, typically very lucky number. Fortunate, prosperous. Uh, there's another word. Um, fortunate number four uh, uh, in Chinese numerology, and there's usually a shopping. Di uh, discount for August 8th, just like there is for June 16th and for like November 11th. They're shopping all the time, like all the time in this thing. So anyway, I didn't buy anything. Uh, I actually bought, well, okay, so the skins compressions I bought last week, 
And uh, the book that I bought as well, Michio Kaku's latest book as well, which I'm very excited. It just it actually arrived today and or yesterday, and I'm very excited to get into it. I'm so excited that I only opened it today and I put it on the bed. I see it right now, and it's just it's been sitting there since I opened it, basically. So uh, about this, uh, these compression tights. So uh, uh, the, you might be wondering sort of how they, um, like, did they actually work yesterday? And I can tell you, uh, today I did actually have my back thrown out. I'm not sure entirely why what I did yesterday. Well, I kind of imagine what I did. Uh, but in terms of recovery to do both workouts yesterday, the I guess so far the result is like they, they whether it was the compression tights, you know, the mindset, uh, you know, or just like uh, the energy levels because I haven't been working out very much over the last month, at least relatively speaking. So like, do I have more energy to get back into it sort of thing? Um, they did help. Like I did f find that the evening workout was not as much of a drag as it was before my vacation. But before my vacation, before my trip to Canada, I keep mind I, w I kept up that schedule for quite a while, right? Two days on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, the runs on Sundays and stuff like that. So uh, we'll see in like, I, I guess by October, I should have a better idea of whether or not generally these compression tights work overall. I was reading on the uh, reading online about them uh, and a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't wear them in the summer. <laughs> Which for I guess for obvious reasons, these ones are not hot. Like the, the skins compressions that I bought, uh, they're not you're not sweating more because of them. Uh, they 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 don't really add any heat. They're not thermal, right? But a lot of people do say that they wear them during the, the winter to uh, help uh, keep warm and keep circulation going. Uh, so it will be interesting to sort of see whether or not these will be a lot more effective in the winter months compared to the summer months. The summer months being like uh, the hot weather, uh, your body would be more, I, I would guess, more susceptible to inflammation because of the heat, right? So your muscles are expanding, your your, your blood is expanding, everything is expanding, your body, it's, it's relatively speaking, it's expanding because you're, you're hotter, right? So... Uh, whereas in the winter months, you're sort of being constricted a little bit more, uh, not as much inflammation, but as a result, your, your muscles are a little bit tighter or not as uh, warm and ready to face your workout. So you have to be a little bit more careful. You have to wor warm up more in the winter months compared to the summer months. How the, uh, the compression tights will work, you know, contrasting seasons, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm as curious as you are. What about this spray-on compression? I was thinking this would be a great, fan, uh, fantastic invention if someone... Because getting these things on is hard. Like, I mentioned this a couple days ago. The pants were okay to get on because, I mean, you can you manage that. But, like, the the upper body, the long sleeve shirt, um, trying to get it around my beard was difficult. But then trying to get it to fit around my arms properly because they, they're so tight and they're sticky. It's not like a, it's not like a honey stickiness. It's not... It, it's... Like, once they're on your skin, they, they're meant not to move, right? And so you can't pull them up like a, a cotton sleeve or a nylon sleeve. You literally have to sort of unroll them onto your skin in order for them to fit properly. And that gets difficult when, like, you know, probably the first couple of times. So as far as I know, we'll try this again tomorrow, you basically create like a little ring, of, of fabric and then you roll that out through one arm you put the headpiece on and the, or no you don't put the headpiece on then you do the other arm you do, do a little roll of fabric and you unroll 
the, uh, the sleeve on the second arm, and then you lift the rest of the shirt over and you stretch down. And that should make it fit under your arms a little bit better. Not that that's a primary concern uh, in terms of compression, but just in terms of feeling it. Because like when I've put, been putting them on, I'm like, like, I have them on. I made them. I got, I got them on. But like, it does feel like it's out of place. Uh, it's not bothersome. I can still move around. I'm, it doesn't feel like anything's going to rip or stretch too much because they're, they're meant to be like that. Uh, it's just sort of like every time I'm just sort of sitting there, I'm going, this doesn't, it's not fitting the way I think it should be. So spray on compression, you know, an aerosol, wouldn't that be kind of neat where you can just spray on your compression and leave it and it can wash off in the showers or you can peel it off. I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. There you go. So an aerosol compression clothing, that is next. That's alongside the avatar uh, AI avatar chat GPT backboned um, language model that I got yeah, floating around. You heard it here first, folks. If you're listening to this podcast, this is a breakthrough ideas here. Now, WTF, you get this shit done. I have no clue. Uh, how was my Hindi class? Okay, so this was actually something that I uh, kind of spur of the moment the other day decided to sign up for. Again, I was, yesterday I was a uh, commenting on how much it was going to cost me. And then I was thinking, but wait a minute, italki has affiliate sponsorship. Like it has sponsorship and it has affiliate links. So I'm thinking like, wait a minute. Oh, Stevie, Stevie, slow down there. Okay. Put the affiliate link in there, link it to there, send the video to the lady and make it a big marketing party, basically. So that's basically what's going to happen is that I'm going to put this thing up on YouTube. I'm going to link out to her, going to link out to the affiliate to, uh, as well for italki because I do get a little bit of a commission if you use this, uh, the link that I will post. It's not a huge commission, but uh, for my purposes, I mean, if one, two, three, ten, a hundred people, thousand people sign up, hey, I get some free language classes out of it, and I'm okay with that. And if those classes lead to more language vlog podcast recordings, hey, then this is this is serving both of us very well. This is a win-win situation, right? How was Hindi class? Uh, Urdu class, it was brutal. It was terrible. I have never studied Hindi or Urdu before. Um, the Urdu alphabet is very similar to the Arabic alphabet. Pronunciation is a little bit different. The words are a little bit different. What do I, re do I remember? Uh, Baga or Basta. Basta is backpack and Baga is the modern pronunciation of Baga. Um, Meri Pas uh, Patang He. I have a kite. I think that's what it is. Meri passes. I have pata, patang, patang is kite, and hey is the ending, which I didn't really get an explanation for it. Uh, she, uh, the the teacher, she was actually Mal Malaka, Malaka, uh, so M M E H L A Q A uh, is was her name, and uh, she was very gracious in sort of letting me record this this episode of this uh, this um, not the episode the uh, the, the class. Uh, which I will be posting, um, but uh, she was very intent on sort of teaching me the vocabulary of the language, which I'm like, at a, at a beginning level, like, I've never done this language before. Like, maybe we should start with some, you know, basics of the, the greetings and stuff like that, which she did message maybe prior and said, like, do you just want to sort of focus on the alphabet or basic expressions? I'm like, let's do them both, basically. Like, well, why do we have to choose 15 minutes, 15 minutes, only a 30-minute class? Um and so we, we did uh, focus more on uh, the, the first couple of letters, Aleph, uh, Al, and Be, A, and Be. So that was the first two letters of uh, the, uh, the Urdu alphabet. 
Uh, at the end of the class, I asked her like how to say hello, goodbye, and thank you. Shukriya, shukriya, shukriya is thank you, and then hello is salamat alaykum and wa asalam alaykum. So salamat alaykum is sort of like your uh, peace be upon you, and wa asalam alaykum is like also with you. There and the other way that she said goodbye was there was a. Uh, something like may God, may Allah be with you, and I'm like, is there a non-religious way of saying goodbye in Hindi? And she's like, well, yeah, you just say bye. <laughs> so good enough. And the only reason I ask is I'm like, you know, some I know that um, Arabic and uh, there are a lot of languages that are very interconnected with the religion. English has done all sorts of work to disassociate the two. I mean, it really has. Uh, but let's face it. I mean, there are some places where, you, you know, you say hi, and it's like, a, it's a it's a, a universal galactic blessing of the spirits and the gods and the, the universe upon you and your soul and every little particle upon you. May peace be with you. English, we don't have that. If you said peace be with you to someone, you'd be like, oh, you're one of those guys, are you? Okay, well, this conversation will be short-lived, basically, right? I mean, that's kind of where you kind of go with that that thought process. Anyway, good class, 30 minutes long. I'm going to post that whole thing up on my uh, language vlog on YouTube. Again, it's Stephen's Language Vlog on YouTube. Check it out. I've already posted the before and after of that class, one minute each, uh, and I've been posting quite consistently for the last month or so. Uh, it's sort of my, this is my repository. It's a bit of, um, information and things I've learned about how to learn languages over the years, which given my age, probably should have started a long time ago, but uh, to be, uh, to be fair, I, I didn't really feel very confident or knowledgeable until I got to like year five of Mandarin Chinese that, you know, I meet other people who are struggling to learn languages, their first or second or third languages. And I go, yeah, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I've been there and I know what it's like to try to learn Mandarin Chinese and, Oh my goodness, the way I described how to learn Mandarin Chinese. That was terrible. Um, I almost feel bad about saying it, but I don't think it's incorrect. Like a, cat, like a cat scratching your eye out for six years. Is that a bad thing to say? If you have to ask, it might be. But the, the point is that it's not. it hasn't been easy, and I've seen so many people try and give up. Not fail, just give up Mandarin Chinese. And I already had one... Uh, other colleagues say, well, that you, you've done Mandarin Chinese, you can take on Arabic. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I've done Mandarin Chinese. I've done my hard language for my life. Now let's move on to the rest of life, like making money and, I don't know, doing something else other than looking at my Anki Droid app all the time. Uh, Ibn Battuta once said, traveling, it gives you a home in a thousand strange places, then leaves you a stranger in your own land. It leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. Now, Ibn Battuta is this... Uh, uh, one of these uh, Moroccan explorer travelers from the 14th century, long time ago, uh, predates or is he after Marco Polo? Very similar. So Marco Polo went to uh, his his claim to fame is going through Mongolia and China. Uh, Ibn Battuta uh, traveled all the way from Morocco all across basically the known world at that point. They were um, the uh, I mean they were. I don't think they ever crossed paths. I, I don't think so. I, I don't know the uh, the, the uh, chronology to tell you the truth, but. He is one of these, he wrote this, his memoir, memoir basically, and it's, I haven't read the whole thing, and these quotes pop up every now and then. I was looking for quotes on ChatGPT, and this, these are two that came up. So, uh, uh, traveling, it gives you a home in a thousand strange places, then leaves you a stranger in your own land. 
Uh, and the second one being it leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. The idea being that like you can go anywhere, you can be very friendly, learn the, the hellos, the goodbyes, the may peace be upon you, and all sorts of wonderful things, but then you go home, and actually it's the same thing. If you dwell in one place for too long, it becomes a home, and you sort of get into that rut, you know, the expat who stays at home on a Thursday night instead of going to yet another cultural relic or another museum or a bar or a cafe or meeting more people. I mean, home does that to you. Oh, Jesus, that means China's home? Snap. The idea being that you can travel far and wide, and then when you return from your travels and go to wherever your home is, it's like you sit there going, these people don't know what I've been through. And it's true, they don't, because they were living their lives, working their jobs, you know, trying to survive, thrive within their own little nutshell of the universe. Meanwhile, you were flitting about from here and there to cafe, to museum, to talking to this lady or that lady or this person, blah, 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 blah. I mean, yippity, yippee yay, right? I mean, good on you, bro. Now get a job. <laughs> Pay off your credit cards again. Leaves you speechless and turns you into a storyteller. Uh, basically, you show up in a place, you go, wow, that that's that's kind of cool. And I've always sort of gone by the uh, the, the old aphorism, the, the saying, and I can't remember, who, was it Twain, Mark Twain, who said, you don't really know a place until you smell it? It's kind of like this. It leaves you speechless. Like You're like, oh, oh, that's what China is. You know, oh, that's what Naples smells like. Oh, ah, uh, yeah, New York does smell like piss. <laughs> it really does, at least in some places. Uh, and But, you know, you have that story afterwards. You're like, well, I was in New York this one time. I was walking down Fifth Street or this street or that street or whatever street. I was walking down Wall Street, Broad Street, you name whatever street. It's a fugazi, it's a fugazi, it's a wazi, it's a woozy. It's, you know, it becomes something to you only because you were there, but then you're looking at these things going, wow, these are all the things that people talk about, and I have, how do you describe them? Well, you only become a storyteller after you've left, basically. Not while you're there. You're not narrating your journey down Wall Street while you're in New York. If you did, they'd be like, oh, you're one of the crazies. Okay, right out. So uh, enough of that. Off to the loony bin with you. Uh, so, you know, same with, like, you're walking down the European streets of France, like, oh, or down the Italian streets, the Roman streets, like, oh, this is where Caesar did, this is where Caesar did that. They're like, yep, yeah, uh, excuse me, sir, um, move aside. I got to get to work. <laughs> life is as life does. It is kind of neat visiting these places. Hey, even Britain, you guys have some pretty fascinating histories. And I mean, you know, Julius Caesar, that's the big one. But like everything else that's sort of before and even after that, a lot of crazy cool stuff that you can literally walk down your streets and go that's where this happened, and then that's where this happened. The story has it is this, not only like ancient history, Roman times, I'm talking like in British history, you have like two, three, four hundred years ago, Lloyd's Bank is like the oldest bank in the world, and it's still there. <laughs> that's that's kind of neat. That's kind of cool. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevemasterski.com. Hope you're doing well, traveling well, staying well, eating your broth, getting your runs in, and we will do this again. Thanks again. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.